All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubowin. If you've ever wondered how to buy real estate with other people's money and run a successful short-term rental business, well, our guest today, Lola, from Toronto, Canada, not only does that, but is currently transforming a prime location in Toronto into a boutique hotel and cafe. So stay tuned on the inside scoop on her secret to success. Welcome, Lola. Great to have you on the show. Hi, thanks, Bryce. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I guess the main thing everyone wants to know is like, how did you get started in real estate? Because it's not always obvious where we get started, but we always end up here. I know. Tell me about it. So um, I would say real estate, I started off. Um, let Okay, let me start from the beginning. <laughs> so we started with Chantal Rental. Chantal Rental has always been my game. So mm-hmm. um how we started was my husband's um, very good friend was doing short-term rental arbitrage over in Vancouver here in Canada. Yeah. And then he had talked about like, oh, how he's making money and how we could do the same thing where we are located, which is Ontario, and kind of start doing our own um, short-term rental business here. So my husband spoke to me about it and I said, okay, you know what, let's go. What's the ham, right? So we got our first unit um arbitrage we didn't buy it so it was uh mm-hmm. it was arbitrage meaning like you lease a place from an yeah. owner <laughs> so most people don't know that right um the terminology arbitrage so um we got one place and then we realized that as soon as we put the listing up at least we had like four or five bookings and we're like oh wow this is quite lucrative you know we had that run for about a month or two months and then we saw how lucrative it was and we decided to get more you know and then we got to at least four and we're profiting a lot. So it was from the pro- the proceeds of the profit that we used to get our first um, primary property, which is our own home. Mm-hmm. And that was very, very like, you know, it was really good because we, we got money from the short-term rental to kind of buy, put a down payment into buying our own home. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, oh, wow, we cannot stop here now. How about we just buy more real estate? and still do the short-term rental. We didn't want to stop the short-term rental um, business because we're making money from it. Like we were stupid to stop, right? Right. So we continue to get profits from the short-term rental business and then use that towards buying more and more real estate. So that was how we continued to buy. So we started with pre-construction. Yeah. We got two more houses pre-construction in Niagara Falls and we used that towards short-term rental. And then um, that was how we continued to scale. And then I met my partner, uh, my business partner, Keisha. Then we both of us came together to um, start up our investor partners um, business. So myself and my husband were buying our real estate. And then myself and Keisha, who is my business partner, we're also buying multifamily homes. Mm -hmm. So with the multifamily homes, we got investors to, um, we reached out to um, quite a lot of people via Facebook because we're in real estate investor groups. So um, we put up an ad and then they reached out to us and they wanted to invest. So a lot of our buildings that we bought, multifamily homes, are through like no money down, meaning we use other people's money to buy the multifamily homes that we have and we're not particularly um I wouldn't say we were um we I think we put it together in such a way that our numbers work the numbers have to work in order to um collect the money from the investors to be able to invest so we do it per building as opposed to just 
doing like a crowdfunding yeah. and then going to buy one real estate. We do it per building. So if they give us the money, we'll tell them, okay, this is what we're going to use it for. We secure it against the building and then we purchase the building. So that's kind of how we did it. And then aside that, as if I wasn't busy enough, I then decided to, um, because short-term rentals are lucrative business. So we got mm-hmm. a very good opportunity, myself and my husband, and we decided to start building a hotel downtown Toronto. So that's how the boutique hotel started off. So um, that's still in the process. Construction, it's a nightmare, but that's basically yeah. how I'm doing right now. So how much longer until that the construction, like the pre-construction is done in Niagara? It's already being... Oh, ready. absolutely. Yeah, we already rented that out. That's um short-term rental. That's going really well. And then um we have other pre-constructions as well that we've closed on and then we have the uh, multi-family buildings that we that myself and Keisha buy that's already it's that's not pre-con it's um under underperforming building and we then renovate it and put a new tenant and that way we raise the rent and that's how we become lucrative in that side as well yeah stabilizing the building so how long have right. you been in real estate I would say um 2018 so about five years yes correct yes so why why construct a boutique hotel you know there's there's lots of other things to to get into that seems like a difficult uh starting point for construction um it wasn't really i feel like okay so this is how we came about we we got one of the building that was being run as a boutique hotel it was 14 units and um, that deal fell through because the contract negotiation wasn't going the way we would like it to. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it was kind of like a blessing because the owner of the building decided um, it had several buildings in the, that whole strip. So because he liked myself and my husband, he decided, you know what, I have another place I'm closing on and um, it's decapitated there's nothing in there it's a warehouse and what i would like to do for you guys because this one thing go through is i would um do the roughing for you and then you would just come in and close it mm-hmm. so it was kind of like a win-win situation whereby we're getting a brand new building the owner is kind of doing a lot of the groundwork for us yeah and then we're just coming in to kind of close it so um the reason why he was doing that was because we're signing a deal way before he even closed on the property so it was like we're taking a risk right mm-hmm. and in order to take that risk we kind of had to balance it out so that was the offer he gave to us and it was kind of like a, a no-brainer to be honest because the 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 where the property is located it's it's prime location it's literally mm-hmm. opposite of park it's prime location so what's a it was too good a deal not to like take type of thing Okay, so you guys raised money for that, or is it mostly just financed uh, with? So with that one, um, we are using the proceeds from um our short-term rental business to do that. Majority of the money that we raise, it's mostly to buy multifamily homes, and that's through investor partners, myself and Keisha. But the one my myself and my husband do, we take our profits from our short-term rental because we have at least almost twenty units that we use for short-term rental. So we use that proceeds from that to kind of fund the hotel side of it. So with with all the things you're doing, um, what do you see as, because I know that short-term rentals have kind of been under attack lately um, <laughs> as far as like whether you can even do it in this building or whether they're going to make you guys start becoming um, like a home-based business and then, you know, citing all these different things. So 
what are you doing to kind of secure your income in the future as, as short-term rentals are kind of, I wouldn't say up in the air, but there's certainly always a point of uh, controversy. There's always a controversy with several different businesses. They're saying restaurants are going bust, but people are still making mm-hmm. money. They're mm-hmm. saying um, real estate is going bust, but people are still buying homes, you know? And I feel like with short-term rental, there's always, um, there's always, I feel like there's more bad notes to it and it is good mm-hmm. because i am in the business and i've been in the business since 2018 i kind of understand it i kind of know that when people are saying well like i have a colleague of mine that's saying the exact same thing oh i'm not making any money from short-term rental but i'm making a lot of money from short-term rental it's basically how you put together your deals and mm-hmm. kind of how you run the business I find that majority of people that are doing the short-term rental, they're kind of going in there as a side hustle, but not basically putting their all in it. Mm-hmm. I find that a lot of people on the internet right nowadays are taking it as an automated service. It is automated, but then you find that people, like if you're going to a hotel, for instance, you want to talk to somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. If, you, if something's not working, you want to make sure that um, you're talking to a human being, you know, to get that feel. So that's kind of what we, like myself, that's kind of what our business brings. You know, we bring in something that's different in that because we've been doing it since 2020, no, actually tell a lie, 2017. <laughs> we've been doing it since 2017. Because we've been doing it since 2017, um, I find that we've grown and we've taken a lot of lessons learned from that. And we've kind of implemented it in the business and we've grown that way. So we have at least I would say 30% of our guests are return guests and they've been mm-hmm. coming for years because of the kind of service we provide, you know? Um, an example would be somebody like my, I have a colleague of mine is doing the exact same thing that I'm doing. I have several colleagues actually, but as one is doing the exact same thing that we're doing in the exact same area that we're doing it, but he's not as profitable as we are. There's little things like providing amenities for your guests that people don't think about but mm. we've gone the extra step to think like mm, if people are not going to they're going to choose you over a hotel you have to give them that extra you know that extra facility that the hotel would not give them so that's kind of what we provide and um in in the whole chaos of oh airbnb is going this way and that way we are kind of, um, I would say, where we are located, mm-hmm. it, it is restricted, but we're going according to the bylaws, you know? Mm-hmm. If you go according to the bylaws, you're still going to win, you know? Yeah. And then we're going an extra length by building a boutique hotel. With a boutique hotel, it's basically run as a hotel, right? Mm-hmm. There are no um, uh, laws regarding short-term rental with a boutique hotel. So that's the extra step we're taking on that as well. So, so I find like that, that everyone has, there's always a pros and a cons with any business that you go into, but it's just your experience that kind of speaks for you. Yeah. So you're navigating it as, as it comes and as it goes. So what, what are some examples, um, you know, for people who are running short-term rentals that um, as far as like the amenities and things you were touching on there that maybe they can implement into their yeah. short-term rental to be more profitable? So I find out with people um that do short-term rental, they don't they don't offer services like midday, mid um mid stay clean. Mm-hmm. We do that. They don't offer services like um, would you like like a basket of fruits? 
would you like groceries delivered or would you like a bottle of wine delivered it's your anniversary it's your birthday things like that we do stuff like that most people don't offer early check-in or late checkouts we do that too of course for fee but we still do that you know hmm. it's that extra extra little oomph that gives that it boosts your own um property up and also we offer like things like um shampoo conditioner um toothbrush toothpaste um what else do we offer um bath um bath lotion so like little little things like that that people don't think about we offer that we also give them tea coffee sugar you know things like that it's just little things that you would you would just put in there that would make a guest feel like wow they really thought this through you know mm -hmm. and make them want to come back yeah so like it really acting like a hotel because a lot of the stuff you're exactly. talking about is you call the front desk and, hey, I need a toothbrush and they'll get you one. And, hey, I need some toothpaste and they'll get you one. And like, oh, you know, where do I get some food or the hotel might have a restaurant. So um, is that, you know, do you see yourself moving into more and more hotels? Because it seems like you like the management and the service of it. Um, are you nervous about the the boutique hotel? How long until you're you're really a full fully fledged, I guess, a hotel? Um, I'm not really worried about a particular hotel at all because the numbers work. Um, I mm -hmm. always do my numbers if I go into any business at all. And my numbers always work for me to actually do anything. And I feel like with the boutique hotel, it's not going to be, I don't think I will ever do a full-fledged hotel because mm -hmm. I feel like the financial strength on that is a lot. I would rather just do a boutique style or hotel, but we're still offering services like what the hotel will do. So we don't, we would not have, and we do not have like um, a front desk person, but we have a 24 hour phone service, like a virtual receptionist, you know? So that wouldn't, as opposed to hiring somebody to come and stand in front for 24 hours, that would cost a lot of money. But then if you do a virtual service, that's a little bit more, if you look at the financial aspect of it, it's a little bit mm. cheaper than, well, it's still cheaper, well, budget-friendly <laughs> than having to hire somebody physically to stand in front of a building and stay and have like, you know, different rotations of staff. And then when I think about it, it's like we're reducing the aspects of people falling in sick, staff falling in sick because they don't want to come into work. You know, everyone is after COVID, everyone is kind of like skeptical about going into work. So mm -hmm. a lot of people will rather go towards the remote um portion of it than of like going into work so that's kind of how we banked our our, our business on we we're like you know what let's do it so that we offer the 24-hour service but it's all virtual all they mm -hmm. have to do they can text they can call any time of the day and somebody is available to respond to them so we have so you... staff that's available eight hour shift for 24 hours perfect so You've you've got two businesses kind of on 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 the go. You've got one with uh, your business partner and one with your husband. How do you balance, um, you know, and keep them separated, or or does it matter? Like, how do you balance have running both of those real estate portfolios at the same time? So I feel like it's still the same thing. It's still real estate mm -hmm. in that um, the other side is that you're renting it on a nightly basis, and the other one you're renting on a monthly basis. <laughs> So mm -hmm. it's still real estate. So there isn't that much balancing to do. Um, like right now, we're still, myself and Kisha, still, we just closed on a building, a seven unit building last month. So we are still buying real estate because that's still moving. Mm -hmm. I know that people are scared of the interest rates, but like I said, the way we run our numbers 
it makes so much sense that this is the best time for us to keep buying. Yeah. <laughs> People and are running away from buying, but we're still buying because the best time to buy, you know, they're raising a lot of um, competition. The digital period, we, we've, ex- the last one, the one we did seven units property that we, that we bought, um, we did a, I think it was a, a 20 days due diligence period. That would never have happened prior to the, the interest rate going up, you know? Mm-hmm. So we kind of take our time. Like we, we can negotiate better with the owners because obviously they want to sell whoever, whoever's selling right now is desperate to sell, you know? So mm-hmm. they are more open to negotiations than as per before where they weren't at all, you know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I do balance it. I, well, I feel like I'm balancing it very well because I've separated the two, but it's still kind of intertwined because they're also real estate. Yeah. So where do you see, um, I guess we'll focus on them maybe separately or in a total here. Where do you see the business being in, say, the next 12 months? So for the short-term rental business, the boutique hotel, after we're done with this one, we're going to buy another one in a different province, which we're already mm-hmm. looking at. But we want to finish this one first and then venture into that one. So that's one for myself and my husband. And then with um, the real estate, with the long-term rental, so the buildings, um, Kisha and I are actually working on a deal right now. And um, we're looking for investors to kind of invest in this particular building that we want to get. So um, in the next 12 months, myself and Keisha, we're looking to at least acquire another three or four buildings in in the next 12 months. Because like I said, this is the best time for us to buy. Because our numbers, we run our numbers, works well at a high interest rate. It works really well. At a low interest rate, even better. (laughs) So... When looking for investors, you know, you're raising capital for these deals. What is your ideal investor? You know, what what is it that they want or what is it that they, they, they need from you? So I feel like with investors, we have different investors that uh, come up with different requirements. So I don't like to generalize what we're looking for. Um, no, let me, let me rephrase that. I don't like to generalize and say, um, this is exactly what we need all our investors to bring to us. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I feel like they can reach out to us and then we would work with them regards to which deal will work best. Mm -hmm. So what we do is that we put it out. So we moan, we are mainly on Facebook investor partners on Facebook or my name, my maiden name, Lola Udunayin K on Facebook. So I tend to put up ads on Facebook and then um, I ask for investors. So with investors, what we, I know there are different investors out there. So there's some of the investors that reach out to us. They don't want to buy real estate. They just want to make like side income monthly. So those Mm -hmm. are the kind of people that would reach out to us because then they're giving us the money and then we're basically using it to buy our own real estate, but then they're getting the profits out of it every month. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll give you an example. If you're buying a property for 100000 this is just hypothetical. There is a property for 100000 mm-hmm. And then we need like a 25% down payment towards buying the property. Or we want the whole thing. We'll put it up and an investor will reach out to us. Some investors will say they only have 50%. Some will say they only have 25. Then we have to look for the balance of 75. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how we work it out. So once they give us, a, once they say they have the 25, we find the 75. We run our numbers based on the interest rates that each of the investors want. As long as a deal makes sense to us and we're making money, 
and the investors are getting what they want, we go ahead with the deal. And then with that deal, we secure their money against the property. So the money will always be secured. We do have investors that kind of trust us that work on promissory notes because they've invested with us like three times already. So they kind of, mm-hmm. they feel safe. So, okay, just do a promissory note. A promissory note, and um, I'll take that from you. It's not a big deal because I know I trust you and Keisha, and I know you would pay me back the money. Mm-hmm. So there are different instances that we run by. So it's just up to the comfortability of the investor and how well they want to feel secured investing with us. So that's kind of how we run. So when it comes to real estate, what do you think your unfair advantage would be? You know, what comes easy to you that other people might find difficult to do? I think is finding an investor to trust you because we, like me and myself, actually, I've had a lot of people reach out to me via Facebook when once I put on an ad or even when I don't put on an ad, they just reach out to me to talk to me and say they want to do investment. And I feel it's trust. A lot of people don't find that. A lot of people that I've been talking to, they've just said, oh, people don't really trust me enough to want to invest with me, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I have that very good advantage in that I can make you, like, obviously I would show you things that will make you feel comfortable enough to invest with me. You know, Um, I would ensure that you're secured enough. It has to be a win-win. There has to be lawyers involved. If the lawyers are involved, then you know, okay, the person feels comfortable. The extra step that we tend to do is we would pay for the lawyer, who they pick a lawyer of their choosing and would pay their legal fees just so they know we're serious and we're ready to take like um to uh, get them to invest with us so mm-hmm. that's the extra step we tend to do and i find that with investor before we even talk about like um the term or how much they're offering we kind of have a video chat we talk to them tell them about our portfolio you know try to get them comfortable get their sense of feel get um ask them the things that would make them what are the deal breakers you know what are your deal breakers in you like inv- if you want to invest with us what are your deal breakers we ask them that because we want them to feel safe because someone is giving you money a huge amount of money you do want them to feel safe enough to say okay i trust this company and i want to invest hmm. with this company because i'm sure that i would get the money back so that's kind of how we work yeah i, li- I like the edge there that uh, hopefully people at home caught that Paying for your investors' lawyer fees would be a good show of faith to say, hey, I'm actually concerned in securing your money. So uh, there's a little tip for the people at home that uh, <laughs> they could take take to the bank. So, you know, if people want to invest with you, they want to know more about you, they want to reach out, how do they find you? How do they connect with you? You know, what should they do? Um, So you can reach um, myself or Keisha um, via investor. So it's www.investorpartners.com. CA. Or you can reach me on Facebook. Uh, my Facebook name is Lola and my last name is Odu9K. So it's O-D-U-N-A-I-K-E. That's my maiden name. I haven't changed it to my marital name yet, but that's my maiden name. So you can reach me on there and um, send me a message for a messenger and I will respond. Or you can reach us on our website and um, one of the admin staff will obviously reach out to us. If you want to talk to myself or Keisha, you can schedule up an appointment and we would be more than happy to sit down and chat with you. Perfect. Perfect. Well, um, I think you provided some great pieces of information for people who are trying to navigate that short-term rental. And I really love that piece about uh, for the investors. So yeah, it was a great having you on the show and we did really get down to the secrets there. Didn't yes. We? 
<laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And until next time, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. No problem. Bye.